Hello and welcome to the Kino, Kinoplex, the first episode of the Kinoplex podcast. It's already going to be a massive mess, I can tell. I'm joined with James, who is Hello. who is um, the arts editor for London Student, and Oasis, Oasis yeah. fan, Oasis Oasis, who is a writer for um, the... <laughs> who the fuck do you write for again? Uh, I write for the Hollywood News, and I'm the editor Hollywood of Hollywood News. Uh, that was it. The I film by I yeah. had I had the Hollywood Reporter written, so I was clearly wrong. I mean, I, I wish, I wish I mean, that would like, be that would be ideal. Yeah, it's like they're all they all sound the same. Do you know what I mean? That's the point. The film bite, you know. You need to get a generic sounding name so people can't tell the difference, so they'll accidentally stumble onto your article. Ah, uh, journalism one hundred and one. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to your new least favorite podcast. <laughs> My goodness. Um, <laughs> my goodness. My goodness. Um, we have a little bit of news, don't we? James, it's your birthday today. Ah, uh, yes, it is. How old are you? Um, I'm 21. 20, yeah, Oasis was right. Happy birthday. How have you been enjoying it so far? Um, It's been good. I had a bit of a hangover and then I had to rush uptown to run an errand. Oh, no. And I'm having to try and do this podcast so really it's been uh it's an eventful birthday oh yes what a great what a great eventful birthday birthday, and oasis you have recently finished your debut short film haven't you yeah so i just i recently just finished university where i had to make a short film for my final project that is up on youtube um and it's good. I recommend. I recommend watching it. Oh well, that's us. That's me sold. There we go. <laughs> Jack, have you done anything meaningful? <laughs> the, well, that's, the, that's a kind of a big question, to be honest. That's um. <laughs> All right. Should, can we just should we just move on? Jack, have you done anything meaningful? Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. There we go. Let's just. Okay. <laughs> um. Um. So we are all from Edinburgh. Aren't we? Yes. What's yes. G- yes. <laughs> oh, What's your address? Uh, well, my address, Jack. Now that you ask. Uh, um. Yeah. So we've we've been having to deal with the fringe for for quite a lot of time, which James has been um reporting on with the London student. Have you seen anything that you could that you could recommend overly? Um. Well, technically yes, but by the time anyone listens to this, the fringe is going to be over. <laughs> Oh, this but... is actually true, yeah. Oh, that is true. Oh, so it does. Oh, that's very soon. Well, you know, just for for sake of your own ego, do you wanna do you wanna big up big up anything you enjoyed? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if this gets if this gets listened to anyone before the twenty sixth, go see KLF Tricky Second Album. It's it's good. Was it good? Yeah, it no. might get it might be getting banned, but um, if it's it might be getting banned. really why because they keep. Uh, they keep breaking all the rules of the venue. What do you mean? Well, basically, the show is constructed around the idea that the fringe is kind of shit and there are too many rules and it's too expensive. But in order to demonstrate that, they've just decided to lose a bunch of money making a show at an expensive venue whilst breaking all the rules. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What sort of rules? What rules? Uh, noise rules, having lots of liquid near electricity, uh, life... <laughs> Live flames, uh, life. So just health and safety rules, basically. Lots of on-stage drunkenness. <laughs> oh my oh god. Dear. Um, lots of big 
flashing lights and smoke and water guns and really just uh, interacting with the audience in a way which is not really acceptable. But um, in this in the construct of this show is <laughs> very good. Indeed. <laughs> Okay, you you heard it here. Tricky second album. Go and see it at the fringe. The, the thing is, he also recommended Train Spotting Live for like similar reasons of like, I re- yeah, intensity, I was, I which I I've, 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 I've been well. meaning to try catch, but I haven't I haven't had a chance to. Me neither. Um, yeah, I wanted to see it, but I never got around to it, unfortunately. But I heard that there was lots of excrement <laughs> everywhere. Excrement being thrown into the audience. Being thrown yeah. into the audience. Yeah. Oh dear. A mutual so, a mutual friend of ours attended and used the phrase i'm not sure if i enjoyed it oh oh dear per per mutual friend <laughs> never mind um also being from edinburgh we go to or have been uh, going to uh, the international film festival of edinburgh have we not and we have yes. some um we have some new releases both from there and um and further afield to talk about today. So I think we should start with, with the, the overly obvious one, which is, of course, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The ninth... That wasn't at Edinburgh Film Festival. I know, I, that, I'm speaking further afield. You, oh, right, right. You Western silly. Appetite. I'm, I'm <laughs> quenching, quenching the... Yeah, you need, a, you, need a, you need a... You need a... I need to pick it up first. So, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the ninth film by... By Quentin Quentin Tarantino, you bo- you have both seen it, have you not? Yes, we've actually both seen it twice. Yeah, have you seen it, Jack O'Malley? I've I've not had the chance to see it yet, um, unfortunately. Why? What? Why? What are you waiting for? What do you, I've I'm I'm you know I've been been busy trying to organize organize this um, without you both flaking on me all the time. Wow, <laughs> this is true. This is true. This has taken us a long time to organize. I have indeed. Um, so yes. The film. What were you, what are your thoughts? The consensus that I that I've been able to gather so far is that it's it's fairly mixed. No, I we we're in a a chat of people like reviewers, oh, like film critics. Yeah. It's one of the only films where everyone is in like complete unison in saying that they think it's really great. Really, as in as in, well, this chat has a lot of varied tastes. Like people that really like comic book films and don't like anything else. People that really like you know, indie films and don't like anything else, and then people like, you know, James and I that sort of sit in the middle, but then, you know, every time there's a sort of film out, everyone seems to disagree, um, you know, like, the, the, the group is normally split with at least one person sort of having a different opinion, but this, we realised everyone seems to like, as in, we had a poll, we were like, I think there, it was it was unanimous, and then there was one guy left, and we were like, we created a poll on whether he would like it or not. Um, he's usually the one that doesn't like the films everyone else likes and even, it, even he enjoyed it <laughs> yeah um well wow yeah um, my, my entire I, family's seen it and they in different contexts and they all enjoy they all were like raving about it really i've, I've been some people that i've been speaking to have said that they've they they, they didn't like it at all that it's it, it may be too too um too patrician for them too patrician yeah <laughs> yeah it's got you know it, it's 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 an ode to it's an ode to this this um Bygone Hollywood era, and, and a lot of people would just be like, "What?" They're looking, well, the they're thing looking is, for I... the multiplex, not the kinoplex. Yeah, this is true. Um, I know that people have issues with certain scenes or like, you know, different parts of it. For example, the way Bruce Lee's portrayed. But I, I don't know. I've not spoken to anyone that actually outright dislikes the thing. 
Yeah, the the bit the bit where Roman Polanski had that cameo really really. <laughs> do we need do we need to discuss at all what the film's about, or do we just assume that people know what's about by this point? Um, let's give a brief overview. Wh- which one of you wants to do? Wants to do? I mean, I, I, essentially, essentially, it follows an actor that's sort of at the end of his career, um, and his his stunt man, and it's sort of them trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives now that. Uh, Rick Dalton, who's played by Leonardo DiCaprio, feels like well, he he feels like his career is over, and it's basically him sort of dealing with that that sort of midlife crisis, I suppose. Right. Um, and then Brad Pitt is a stunt double who has been out of a p- employment for a little while as well, and it's sort of the two of them just maneuvering this this time um, together. And then there's Sharon Tate as well, who is the sort of new blood in the area, and it's sort of this like new blood versus old blood type thing. Very nice, and we have Charles Manson as well. Yes, Everyone's yes. Favorite. the Manson Everyone's family. Favorite. Played by the same person who played him in Mindhunter. Talk about being type. That's the worst cinematic universe. <laughs> the worst possible typecast in the world. <laughs> David Fincher, Quentin Tarantino crossover. But I, I hear he's quite good in Mindhunter. I've not actually, I've not actually seen season one. But uh, I, I've been rewatching it recently. I would, is, is, I would highly is, is recommend it. Is it, it. Worth, worth investing? I into? would say so. Have you seen it, James? Uh, I watched season one. I wasn't the hugest fan. Like I thought it was fine, but um, it's not, not nothing spectacular, which is a shame because I usually really like David Fincher. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm guessing he'll have a lot more screen time in Mindhunter. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. He's he's like, uh, you know, slight spoiler alert. I mean, he's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for a sum total of two seconds. Yeah, he's got one line, I think. Yeah, he has one line. He's just like, oh, does someone else live here? And they're like, no, no, they moved out, and this is the Polanski residence. That's it. But this, this is something I know people didn't like was how they dealt with the Manson family. I actually thought it was. As in, I was chatting to someone who was like, oh, but it's it's not a Manson family movie. Like, he's in it for two seconds, and, you know, they're in it at the end, and that's it. But I, I think that was... Were you expecting the first film of the Manson family expanded universe? I don't know. Someone... I mean, the, the person that I was chatting to clearly was. The Ad- well, Adam's family I mean, firstly, per- somebody that I spoke to, she thought that Sharon Tate was actually going to be brutally murdered in this film. And yeah. when that when it came to the point whereby like that was going to happen she was like oh i was so surprised that like they didn't just show um margot robbie just being like brutally killed and i was like that was never going to happen in this like quentin tarantino movie a spoiler alert by the way but yeah but secondly (laughs) um are you saying that this person that you spoke to thought there should have been more manson because the consensus if there is a consensus against the film is that manson shouldn't have been in it at all that yeah it's not Um, more i think we've had i think what 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 she thought was she heard it was she didn't know much about it um she basically thought it she knew that sharon tate was in it and she knew that the manson family were in it so i think she went in expecting it to be specifically about that when really that's like it's the tiniest part of it yeah i mean the thing is that you know i mean the the film is about really about the impact that those murders had even though it's yeah. set before those murders and the fact is that they've had such an impact that we've seen hundreds of films and cultural properties essentially either explicitly or non-explicitly based off manson so we really didn't need another manson movie so it's yeah. good in my view that it's not another manson no, movie. i i i agree as well 
Well, I'll need to I'll need to see it and 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 yeah. yeah. The one thing I have seen people complaining about is they think that obviously the ending. I think I listened to a review by Robbie Collin where he said at the end of the film you can just he said it's like a zip goes down the audience and half of the people are like nah totally against this film now and half of the people are like yeah I'm totally with it. Why? I think the end is the best bit. Like we we went to see it. We went to, when we saw it for the second time. We went with like a group of, of like ten of our friends, and like we were all howling at the end. Like it's just such. It's violent and yeah. it's it's hilariously violent. Like we were all like like just in hysterics. At yeah, the end. and I mean I'm you know, everyone in that cinema seemed to be loving it, but pe- other people have yeah. said to me, oh, it just seemed really out of place in the film, and it's true. It's nothing like the rest of the film. It just all of a I sudden suppose, becomes yeah. incredibly violent. Um, but it's true that I've been walking around town, and I'll just catch snippets of people's conversations, and they'll be saying things like, "My God!" Like I'll just hear, "My God!" When he came out with that flamethrower, I'll just be like. Yes. People are just talking about it up time. People are just talking about just the end of this film. Um, you'll just have to see what happens, Jack. But it's very good. All we know is an amazing. All we know is there's Ro- Roman and a flamethrower. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. All the good film. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Thrower. That's like the way to sell the film. Venice twenty nineteen. Like, like, should I go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Roman flamethrower. It's like it's, yes. like it's like the sequel to. To hobo, hobo with a shotgun. If you ever saw that. <laughs> Roman with a Roman, Roman with a flamethrower. Flame <laughs> well, rest um, in peace. I guess that's it for once for a time. Yes, indeed. Really speaking of flamethrowers, not too violent. Speaking of flamethrowers, always. Yeah, I was gonna try segue into into Dora. I was gonna say, imagine, imagine Paramount taking a flamethrower and torching, torching that franchise. You know that was. I was you trying really to segue. Yes, you did it. You tried. <laughs> I tried. I okay, tried. Yes, I haven't seen Dora either. I haven't seen any anything. I'm a bit of a, a film pleb at the moment. I I, I, I have <laughs> what seen is a film. What is a film? <laughs> so Jack is just here. So please, please, always tell us about this kids' film you went to see, presumably by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. To give some context, I went at a press screening, so it wasn't just. Me on my own. Like there was. There were other kids. There were um, kids there too. There were other adults too. But, I believe Jeffrey Epstein has been in a similar situation. Roman Polanski was at the screening, guys. She's eighteen. <laughs> oh. Oh wait, please continue. <laughs> right. So, um, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Um. I I was too old to watch Dora, but like I've got younger siblings that watched it, so I it's it's a good show, right? I'm I'm going to defend it. It's it's a, yeah, exactly. Age is you just a number. Dora, Dora was a good show, and so I was very intrigued because there's a lot of like anthropomorphic characters. You know, you've got like talking cows, talking, you know, bags, talking maps. You know what I mean? Oh, wait, are you a furry? <laughs> no. I, Lots of interesting. This is Dora. The creators of Dora, right, are clearly in, in the ones with those obsessions. Um, but I'm saying so. Like, I was interested to see how they did that in a live action film. And I bet you were. In this film, we get Benicio del Toro. I'm sorry. Please continue. We get Benicio del Toro voicing a fox, um, and it's probably the highlight of the film. But sadly, he's only in it for like two minutes the rest like of the Charles film is Madden. just 
<laughs> it's it's basically it's like a bargain bin Tomb Raider, and Tomb Raider last year wasn't very good. Um, it's just it's so so like it's very self aware at the start, and that's when it's quite funny. But then after that, it just it sort of it's become is there so. Any, do we get boring. any fourth wall breaking at all? Well, there is, there is at oh, the start. Yes. There's fourth wall breaking at the start, and it's very funny because, um, you know, it, it, the film seems self-aware, and then it just loses all of that. It just loses all of that and becomes so dull and generic. Not, not fun, not ideal at all. But the thing is, I know I seem to be in the minority of people that dislike it for some reason, and I was chatting to this um, in that group chat we mentioned earlier about how I'm not sure if people are giving it a pass because it's a kid's film. Yeah. What, what do you think? Do you think people are giving it a pass? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, the reviews I've seen have all been like, you know, high four stars or like three stars for some reason. Um, but I, I again, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just was really bored by it. But I, I, I don't see much in it that is appealing to these like older critics. I, well, I mean, um, so, you know, I'm not surprised. We know this. Yeah, there's been a very high profile uh, review <laughs> by who was it by? We, we have to get this right. Who was it by? I think it was the Hollywood Reporter. No. Oh, the yes, it yeah, was the Hollywood Reporter. Very high profile review, which essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. criticized the film solely on the basis that it wasn't like sexual enough. Really? What? Yeah. yeah. On earth. Um, which was one of the strangest things that anybody's ever written about film. Can we? Can we? Online, but, can we find this review? Uh, yeah. You imagine can go going. Really imagine going to the... the word throbbing in a door of the Explorer. Room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Okay, I'm gonna get up. <laughs> Imagine going into Dora and being like, oh, "That's what that's what the Hollywood photo is saying." It's like imagine going into Dora and being like, "I can't wait to leave this film with a boner." Oh, I see. Let's Have see. You Have you found the review? I definitely think that um, kids' films are given a pass. That's why I tend not to watch them because they're just they just end up being shitter usually. You might as well. If point. they're great, it's usually in spite of being a kids' film, as opposed to because it's like you know all those guys. You know all those guys that are like, man, anime is like the co- like anime is the most intelligent shit ever, and they're like, watch Ghost in the Shell or Akira, and then you watch Ghost in the Shell and Akira, and you're like, yeah, this is only intelligent if you haven't actually watched like a real movie with intelligence. It's only spectacular because in spite of being a cartoon it has a theme but i just mean more so like for example a recent film spider-man into the spider-verse Woo! that was which a is a family film that engages children and adults and it shows creativity and sort of you know real talent whereas dora has none of that i have a question for you is the key to yes. movie success having a theme ah uh-huh. Yes, yes we've discussed it. <laughs> a, f- a film needs to have a theme to be good. Uh, oh, d- mm, I suppose so. Like you can't really a make a theme. No themes, with... You can't really make aside a theme from if it's ridiculously entertaining. Would you ever be like, "Yeah, this is a great film," or would you just be like, "This film has no themes"? Well, I mean, what about like franchises like Fast and the Furious? Do they have themes, or is the theme action? Hey, hey. hey. The theme is family. Yeah, the theme is family. I was just about to say oh, that. Oh, what a theme. It doesn't matter what your theme is. <laughs> don't diss Fast and Furious, right? It has a theme. Hmm. I don't know. 
Um, but would 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 something like man? I mean, I suppose I was about to say manly as an example, but that has a theme. As in, it's like it's there are films which are so visually spectacular that it doesn't matter that they have no theme. But it's yeah, just like the I majority suppose. of films that you see kind of look the same, right? If you just watch a bunch of films, it's just like you're watching the same, you know, they look kind of the same. So I think in I think in that regard, um, films probably need themes to stand out. Whereas, you know, one of these f- films that doesn't have a theme might have its visuals. I feel like I didn't intend it to be a serious question, but there's a serious. You know what? You learn (laughs) this. There you go. This podcast has gone from shit memory to being incredibly woke. It has a theme. (laughs) This pod, yeah, the theme is. We don't. We're exploring themes. Lots of themes. We're exploring lots of themes. Themeception. Themeception. Very nice. Good old Chris. Good old Christopher Nolan. What's the what's the next speaking of, of conversation? Oh, speaking of hail Satan. Yeah, speaking of Christopher Nolan, hail Satan. And that's not us just worshiping the devil. It's, it's it is a film, a film. Yeah, that, like James, the, that James. I think, I think it's seen. called hail Satan question mark. So it's like hail Satan. Yeah, hail Satan. Hail Satan. You saw this? How is it? What what is it? It's a doc. Well, I've seen it. It's a documentary about yeah. Satanism. But if you're very silly and unconnected to the world uh an american then you might not actually know that satanism isn't really a real thing oh like it's just a political movement like i thought everyone knew this but apparently not so all the reviews for hail satan are like wow who knew that satanism wasn't actually about worshiping satan really? and was like a liberal political movement in america I mean, I'm sure there are, like, Satanists who, like, sacrifice babies and, like, fuck goats and things, but, um... The witch, too. Black Philip, yeah. The witch. The witch. Um, but yeah, it's a documentary which essentially is a glorified recruitment video for Satanism, just showing their, their struggles, um, against the American government. Essentially, it's like a movement trying to show that there should be a separation of church and state, right? Like, by law mm-hmm. in America or in, in most liberal countries. But there is clearly not a separation of church and state in America. So basically, whenever something happens, which is quite clearly, like, drawing solely on Christian principles or orthodox Christian principles, then they, you know, they try and do silly shit to undermine it. Sounds very um, interesting, and it's just a just a really really entertaining film. Like it's a you know it's a doc, but if you'd seen uh, Apollo Eleven, it's that kind of thing whereby it's just you know it's not really trying to teach you anything. It's just like entertaining. Yeah. It's just it's like a it's just a it's a funny comedy which I guess if you're oh, it, oh it's a, oh it's a comedy it's a comedy guaranteed to agree with. Otherwise, you might get really annoyed at it. I guess. Ah, I didn't realize that it was it was such a such a comedy. Yeah, yeah neither did I. In like a... It's funny because they're the Satanists are funny. Like they don't like they just pretend they pretend that they're like they worship Satan. It's just inherently funny. <laughs> like they put on like plastic horns and just walk up to the Senate and just start like sh- barking random shit. Oh my God, and they're all they're playing an act. They're like pretending to worship. Well, they don't actually worship Satan, but they do believe very passionately in their beliefs about organized religion and ah. the state. Hmm. 
Very interesting. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll be honest. I actually didn't know anything you about it, it, and you actually convinced me you, to. And you learned some pretty interesting out. stuff. That there are loads of statues uh, across America of the Ten Commandments outside uh, like local government buildings, and um, they all come from a promotional campaign by the Charlton Heston movie, The Ten Commandments, my, in the nineteen fifties. My goodness. They they made these stone mm. tablets of the Ten Commandments and gave them out to like local governments across the country which is the, one of the strangest facts i've ever heard that is that's pretty bizarre to be honest yeah my goodness um wow yeah I, that's definitely gonna gotta be one to watch where did where did you see it uh sundance it, is it uh, how do we know if it's got a decent release yeah it's the same distributor as apollo 11 oh okay so hopefully it'll show in edinburgh then yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a big resurgence in docs at the moment. Free Solo made such an unimaginable amount of money that everyone's just trying yeah. to jump on the train. I'm assuming Apollo 11 made a lot of money as well, but I haven't checked. Well, Apollo 11 was in cinemas for a really long time, considering, like, y- you know, it was a small doc, and that was out, uh, you know, when Spider-Man was out and, like, Midsummer was out and everything. Well, I mean, I'd seen it, so I saw that at Sundance as well, and then you, it came out in the UK, Apollo 11. Yeah. You'd yeah. seen it. And then, like, two weeks later, I was just around with a friend looking for something to do in town, and it was showing that evening. And that was, like, weeks after it had already gone out yeah. of cinema. And, 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 I, and, I, and I saw it, like, a week and a bit after it had released as well. Yeah, and the cinema was full as well. Yeah. Maybe it was also, maybe also it was the moon landing, though, that propelled that. Yeah, they, because of the moon landing, they, put, they definitely put it on again. I know the film house was doing it whereby they would play it such that the moment in which they landed on the moon was like the moment they actually landed on the moon. Oh, that's quite cool. Hmm, very nice. Well, yeah, that's definitely one to check out. Next yeah, we have... Hail Satan question mark. Hail Satan question mark. Next we have another... It sounds like it should be related, but, but it is not. <laughs> in Glory. Uh, uh, another film that... I'm the only person to have seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I can't remember why I didn't see this. I think I, I think it because it was it showed after at you left. Definitely after you left. Oh right, maybe that's why. Um, yeah, that was like that was ago. one that it's it's this is another one that is opening very very wide. As in, like Cineworld are screening it three four times every single day from tomorrow. Yeah, it's really interesting. Have you ever heard of a subtitled film doing the kind of business that this film is set to do? This is what I'm saying. I'm very surprised. And like when you actually it's... see the film, it's not it's not a breezy, entertaining film. It's not in any way like a, a, a film with mainstream appeal. And Almodovar, like everyone knows Almodovar, yeah? But like, it's not like Almodovar's ever made a movie that's going to be a big hit with audiences. No. The closest he ever came was I'm So Excited, which was a pile of steaming shit. Why, why do you think this is getting such a wide release then? I have no clue. I have no idea. Is it? Is it? Um, what, what, what do you think of the film? Firstly, I mean the film's great. Um, I mean it's definitely. It's actually quite comparable to the Tarantino. It's the Almodovar midlife crisis movie, in which whereas Tarantino decided to kind of make this foundational myth about modern cinema, Almodovar has decided to do the Fellini thing and make a movie about what it's like to be a director. And has cast oh, nice. Antonio Banderas as himself. 
Very nice indeed. Uh, um, as not as Antonio Banderas, as Pedro Almodovar. Oh, Antonio Banderas um, as Swiper the Fox in <laughs> in Pain and yeah. Glory. Uh, Antonio Banderas. Antonio Bandersnatch <laughs> as Swiper in Pain and Glory. Swiper no swiping Dora. Swi- don't, um, oh my goodness. <laughs> enough of that. Enough of that um, please. And yeah, the idea is essentially that he's a bit past it. He can't find it in himself to make another another film. And the you know it's good. It's um, I didn't connect with it as much as other people seem to connect with it. Like people at Cannes were like really connecting, with raving it. about it. Yeah. And I was like, um, I thought it was really good, but I didn't really feel it was emotional at any point. Um, that said, there's like a kind of, I wouldn't call it a twist, but there's like a reveal right at the very end. Maybe might even be the last shot, um, which recontextualizes everything. And then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this was actually really great. Interesting. Well, that definitely I, sounds like... I, I, heard I heard the first act is quite a chore to get through. Is that true? Well, it's... So he, it's Antonio Banderas is the aging director. Mm-hmm. and he's, I don't know, he gets addicted to, like, heroin. I'm pretty sure that's pretty early in the film. Anyway, he's just having a shit time of it, basically. And right. he decides to, like, look back on his youth. So he imagines, basically, his in, he reimagines his entire childhood and his, like, sexual awakening. It's Pedro Almodovar, so, like, the character is gay because mm-hmm. Pedro Almodovar is gay. Um, yeah. His sexual awakening, how he became a director. Um... So I'm not I'm not really sure if it's possible to separate out into a typical three act structure. That said, last time I saw this was in May, and I missed the main screenings of it. So I went to see it ridiculously early in the morning, after going to bed ridiculously late at night slash early in the morning. So I wasn't like super invested in it. I think it has a lot of style, more style than a lot of our films usually have, and a lot of our films usually have a lot of style. I've actually not seen any Almodovar films. Me neither, I don't believe. No, it's got all of his. It's got all of his tropes in it. All, the colors he uses, the way the actors speak, um, just you, yeah. It's he's just got a style. Even the font, you know, the just the font. It's just all Almodovar films. It's got one of the nicest title credits I've ever seen. The title credits are a sight to behold. Very nice. They're so nice. I'm just very confused as to why it has a, such a big release. Like, I'm not complaining because it's showing at City World, which means I get to see it with my Unlimited card, but I'm just, I'm just, normally these films are like, you know, you, you'll catch it in Filmhouse for like a week, but this seems to be showing everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's the old, if you make a film about cinema, then like everybody shuts up and listens. Maybe. I'm interested to see how it'll do. Yeah, that. well, I guess we'll just have to see. Um yeah. I think that's actually all the time all the time we have uh, for this episode. We've covered all the films we wanted to, talked a little bit about Edinburgh, dropped some wee some wee sprinkles about uh, about Venice as well, uh, which we'll be talking about yeah. in much greater detail uh, in, well seasoned. in uh next uh, next episode. So um please come back for that. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Kinoplex podcast um with James Oase and Jack. Do you wanna say goodbye? Goodbye. 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 See you guys. See you guys. See you later. later. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Oh.
Always. Are you a furry? Were you expecting the first film of the Manson family expanded universe? <laughs> the, well, that's, the, that's a kind of a big question, to be honest. Morphic characters, you know, you've got like talking cows, talking, you know, bags, talking maps. Like, age is just a number. And imagine going into the door and being like, I can't wait to leave this film with a boner. Oh my god, okay, I'm gonna get it up. Imagine- Speaking of Christopher Nolan, Hail Satan. It's Swiper No Swiping Dora. Enough of that. Enough of that, please. Welcome to your new least favourite podcast.